The Evolution Channel is sponsored by Eternal Gold Beauty, the most advanced skincare line in the world. Awaken your skin to aging in reverse at eternalgoldbeauty.com today. You're listening to Talk Animal, what animals want you to know, with Judy Anderson. Welcome everyone to Talk Animal. My name is Judy Anderson, along with my co-host Simba. We're international best-selling authors and co-hosts of the Popular Summit. Jazz up your life with Judy. Raise your frequency. Improve your life. I want to share with you a quote that I absolutely love by Mahatma Gandhi. The greatness of a nation can be judged by the way its animals are treated. You all who are listening are part of what makes this world great by intending to learn more about and developing even greater appreciation of all the animals in your life and all the animals in the world in general. So really, thank you for being here. Our special guest today is Sarah Jane Farrell, who has been communicating with animals since she was a child growing up in the the African bush. She's truly an intuitive, modern-day medicine woman, as Simba and I can attest to. One time he pulled a muscle when he was running in the backyard, and it was so painful, and he couldn't walk on it. So I contacted Sarah Jane, and she worked her magic, and within 24 hours, his leg was totally fine. She is certified in so many healing modalities and has shared her expertise with thousands of people and animals around the world. And I must say, she's also one of the most brilliant and generous people I've ever interviewed. She's in tune with spirit and the animal world. So it's very appropriate that her topic today is animals as soul medicine. Sarah Jane, welcome to Talk Animal. It's great having you here. Oh, thank you, Judy. It's always just just an absolute privilege to speak with you and Simba and to just hold space for, for people to just realize that they are their own medicine and their animals are cheering them on. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yes, Sarah Jane, you say that animals <laughs> are the soul medicine. Could you share more about that? I love that it's, because it's so true. You and I it both. is so true. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I think I think the reason that they are, I mean, anybody that that has ever been in the company of an animal, whether that is a a little being in their home or just passing a wild animal or a cow or or saying hello to the bird that sits on 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 their balcony outside. Animals are medicine for our souls because they make our life stronger just by the very presence of it. And I think that a lot of the time, you know, we're the only species that 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 stay in a suffering state because we're in reason all the time. We're in the mind rather than in the soul and in this need to be in control or to be somewhere else. You know, we're always wanting to be somewhere further along or we're shooting ourselves or butting ourselves. And animals just, remind us to be present and that is the tonic that is the 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 antidote to all our stresses to all our suffering is to just be here now and it's the best lesson that I've ever learned and continue to learn uh, from the animals that I've been privileged enough to share my life with and to come into encounter with that they really just want us to we, they want us to be the best version of ourselves that we don't believe that we are. 
And oh, I love beautifully that. said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes. Yeah. You really, really do. Oh mm. my gosh, that's yes, the best version of ourselves, and they want that for us. They want everything good for us, and they want us to radiate that our divine beingness and radiate it out into the world. So, so beautifully said now. I must say that um, Simba and I have just really benefited from your wonderful intimate communication skills and, and your healing modalities. And, you know, I really think everyone should have an animal communicator that they can rely on. And, and I want to share with everyone that Sarah Jane wanted to share with you all an amazing special for all the Talk Animal listeners for a private session with her. And you can find more information about that on talkanimal.net. So now we're going to take a very short break. We've been talking with Sarah Jane Farrell. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about animals as spiritual healers and our growth partners. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. We're back. And you're listening to Talk Animal. And today we're talking with Sarah Jane Farrell about animals as soul medicine. She is, they are spiritual healers and our growth partners. So Sarah Jane, would you share a bit how you feel that animals are our growth partners? Absolutely. So I think for animals, they always see us in our divine soul essence, that we come into this world perfect, whole, and complete. Before the world and before our cultural mores and moralities um, sort of dim our light, they've always seen through the veneer of all the filters and all the attitudes and beliefs and, and nonsense that we put on top of ourselves, what I call self-shredding. Um, they, they see through all of that. And, you know, it's no coincidence that a lot of time animals choose us. They come to us at the exact moment. I remember with my cats, I already had four cats in in my home. I had three rescue dogs. And I wasn't particularly looking for more growth partners in my life. I, I felt pretty complete and they all came in with their own specific ways of working with me and their own purpose in in their own soul growth because it's it's a mutual reciprocity of gifting and receiving. And I was went to a shelter with a friend of mine or one of my clients that wanted to get a partner cat for her existing cat. And of course there I was looking at what was right for her and these two were right in my face. And it was just like you have to take us home. It's like you need us right now. And I was like, oh, I I can't. I you know I don't really want them. I have to consult my other cats, and you know we need to make sure that everybody is 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 on board with this. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I came home with Winston, this beautiful blind cat, um, Maine Coon mix, who had had no no chance of surviving in the shelter. 
um, because he was blind and he and he had uh, some hy- hypothyroid issues going on. So he would eat and he'd vomit up the food. And of course, he was eating subpar food from the shelter. And he was in the same cage as this beautiful chocolate point uh, Siamese cat who had this voice on him mm-hmm. that when I heard him, I resonated that he was actually the very first cat that I got at the tender age of eight. Um, her name was oh. Candy Kane. She was a, a, a chocolate point Siamese. And there was just this oversouling. So I, I just felt that energy and that resonance of that beautiful cat that I'd lost far too early because she was run over um, by a car. And when those boys knocked on the door at eight, I knew that, that my cat was dead. So here I was back in the shelter and there were these two cats that happened. You know, this is, a, again, it's another one of those lessons as they say, trust in the synchronicity of everything. Nothing happens hapstance. There is synchronicity and divine order in everything. And there were these two mismatched poor kitties that had been dumped at the shelter and and of course i had to take them home with me and of course and yeah and and that's how it happens you know there's the the mirroring as well you know that the fact that we we uh we see similarities or familiarities in animals that we've had before is no coincidence it's not accidental. And and a lot of times, Judy, have you noticed like a lot of times people look like their animals or their animals look like Oh, yes, yeah, they you do. Know, <laughs> yeah, they you do. Know, and you I, know. And okay. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, because those, <laughs> those mirror neurons are working <laughs> all the time. Like, because, because in my history, and I'm not sure if you know this, I, um, I rescued a golden lab comet. Mm-hmm. From my neighbor, I remember that Comet. just happened to yeah. be yes, and comic, and I had this magazine. I had pictures taken, and at that time, I had this golden <laughs> reddish hair. I mean, general, oh, I had goldish reddish hair, like mm-hmm. my dog, literally like my dog. Yeah, and and then as now, if you look at a picture of me. Guess what? With Simba, um, he is white. Is white is platinum, yeah. and guess what? So is my hair. So exactly, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. crazy. Yeah, but yeah. you know, Comet. When I first got Comet, it was my first dog. I had dogs as children, but um, but I did not have a dog as an adult until I got Comet. And when mm-hmm. he was transitioning and his body was, you know, going down in health, mm-hmm. and he was the one that suggested to an animal communicator that was, that this was way before you, uh, that he wanted to come back. And this was a real shocker to me. I, I didn't know that animals came back. So that was mm-hmm. a real learning experience. So, so, um, Comet and I, you know, we worked through the whole thing. Uh, with an animal communicator finding the right breeder, and he wanted a healthy mm. body because he had started life in a very unhealthy body, mm. and so he wanted a healthy body. So, you know, I put every breeder through a, the checklist, you know, about what yeah. they're feeding, what they're, you know, mm. everything, and um, and uh, then little Simba was born. So, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I must say here that, you know, I love it when people rescue animals. But yeah. because Comet had requested a healthy body, mm-hmm. I I felt so I had to get a healthy body for him and give him another chance, his soul another chance. So yes, so yeah. yes, they definitely yeah. they definitely do choose us. Do you have any other stories about that? Well, I think every every animal that I've ever worked with, including the big elephants and the lions, every time I've sort of connected with with an animal, there's a, a beautiful African elephant called Lamy, who was again rescued from a culling situation where her mother was lost. But every every time, doesn't matter where you are, even if a dragonfly sits on your on your hand or you see it dancing. There is often a deeper meaning meaning to it where they're really asking of us, you know, to um, let them guide us through this in a work that we know that we need to do. But we, we, we don't know. We're often chasing our own tails and they know us better than us. So this is where, where I love the fact that animals can access the deepest parts of us that we've sort of shredded and hidden and um ignored because we feel like it's too painful and the whole soul contract comes into being where they will often often rescue us you know i often say i didn't rescue those cats those cats rescued me Mm -hmm. because they they come in at a time when there's things going on in your life that you may not even be aware of that need attention um even when your animal has health issues and I'm not saying that it's always a projection of what's going on as an incongruence in our own bodies, but a lot of time because of that that soul contract, because of that connection, they will mirror a lot of the things that are showing up for us. And with Lamy, when I first met her, um, she she was extremely distressed because she was in in a horrible situation of a zoo where you know animals like elephants can travel hundreds and thousands of kilometers and they are communicating with each other on a very low vibrational frequency through the earth. And there she was trapped in this tiny little piece of ground for 34 years and had a a companion that had, that, that had also had his own traumas and they were just so disassociated from their bodies. And when I met, met, both of them, but I connected with Lamy. She was saying to me, "We're both in exile. We're both we're both misplaced." And she really taught me how to be in my body through grounding, through you know, literally throwing sand on her mm. body to you know, go and have a mud bath, or um, just just be still <laughs> enough, you know, just be still enough um, to see what what was required of me to be able to listen to my pain and to have very choice-based decisions on a very energetic frequency of of really looking at what am I transmitting out in the law of cause of effect and effect through my body, through the words that I was speaking, through the service that I was providing. And it really came back to that that whole message that she kept giving me that was purpose your purpose is stronger than your pain that's where trust grows i was really not trusting myself i was doubting that that things weren't moving fast enough that i wasn't doing enough in regards to the african elephants and and what's going on in africa 
And and that's the animal again as soul medicine of saying you're enough as you are. You know, animals don't tend to project the future, but they can have a very current concern about a future based on past experiences. So for her, having this traumatic background very much aligned with where I was on my soul path in in resolving some of the ruptures or or um woundings that I was dealing with at the time about loss of habitat, like the animals, like the elephants. I'd lost my habitat. I'd lost I'd lost my sense of place in the world and my sense of belonging. And she just brought me full circle back in this beautiful, gentle, matriarchal way of saying the wisdom's within. It's always been there. You know, plants do this as well as animals. But it's just really about saying there's no barrier here. You know, we humans have to show ourselves in our most vulnerable positions without feeling like we have to mute ourselves or uh, temper things down, which is the longing for connection. And over and over again, it doesn't matter what species they are, whether they're predator, like the lions that I work with, or prey animals like the horses or these gentle rhinos and elephants and our hum- our domestic pets are the same. Um, uh, there's there's a linear straight line running, but there's cognition of linear times that often cause a defect in our rational brain because we want to make meaning out of things when they're just showing up and saying, there is no separation. You've always been supported. Um, just be here now because it's the present moment, the presence of being here. That is the gift. That is the medicine. And we're always looking for more. We're always coming from our own inadequacies where they're saying, this is the era of transformation. This is, this is the place where there's balance of power in life that's moving around and within us. But we're so busy looking outside. You know, the grass is greener on the outside. We're chasing our tails when they're just doing it for fun. You know, and that's the thing. It's just like for them, medicine is, is, is joy. It's, it's, um, appreciating the simple things. It's about making, bringing sacredness. It's about bringing spirituality to the ordinary things in our lives. It's not about future things that we have no control over. That's and so true. They are so in the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, don't take yourself so seriously. That's what they tell me all the time. It's like, where's your sense of humor? There's the renewal. Um, and, and, and I always say, but I'm so good at the hard stuff. You know, I'm so good at the, the problem solving. I'm a, you know, I'm good at solutions. I'm good at, and they're like, why? Why would you do that when you could just eat green grass? When you could just enjoy the sun on your back? <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah. Uh, and I, even when I was with the whales in, in Hawaii, um, the last time, I mean, I've had some incredible encounters with, with whales in, in South Africa and Cape Town. Oh, they're but wonderful. The last time, mm-hmm. yeah, the last time I was with the whales, and they're really, they have really exhausted. You know, this is the message I keep getting from the elephants and, and the whales is their bodies are, cannot absorb any more toxins. That, and it's from our, what we've done to the earth and the oceans and everything else. But there is no judgment in it. 
there's never any judgment. It's just like we're full. We can't hold these energetic grid lines any longer. You know, there there's a place where we need to, to get to where our soul wounds that are keeping us in our 3D, 3D of fear and blame and shame and anger and limitation are keeping us from being our own medicine. And that's what I want to impart to anybody listening to this. This is what I do with my clients, and you know this, Judy, is I am just a guide. Just as the animals are there to guide us, we have to be willing to take a dose of our own medicine. That's how we right. feel. That, exactly. that, that is the sole mission, right? That we have to release these trauma patterns in order to get back into the flow, back into this life experience that we've created from our soul wounds into the soul contract of renewal. And, and we start by stopping, which is easier said than done. Um, we start by stopping these old pattern interrupts where we keep taking ourselves out of our, our own game. Oh, yes. It's so simple, and yet it seems in in doing so, it gets very complicated, and people probably make things complicated. Perhaps of course we do, because animal, we like <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, we do, because we like it to be hard, you know? We we want we want things to be hard as if we have to earn worthiness. We have to prove and and our worth and our value of love or of being seen or of using our voice in a good way. And the animals don't hold back. They're always saying to us, Show up. You know, be in your true nature. Show us what you're right. made of. Because that's the holism. Okay. That, that's what we're we're being uh, being called into is to come back to that template of holism um, as global souls incarnated in these bodies, whether they're animal or human. Um, you know, that's where we we've got to do the work, do the deep work to to really just get back to a, a sixth sensory relationship with nature where we're back in direct relationship with everything that is arising as the repatterning of our minds um, and what's working when it arises. It's a very expanded state of being. And I really think that, you know, that deep connection to nature is the only way for us to, again, know um, who we are, that we're part, we're, we're the drop of the ocean, but we're not separate from the ocean. Um that's the mirroring that the animals constantly show us is that we've never been separate. And at the same time, we're directly affecting generations of other species by our choices. And, you know, conceptually and climate change and, and so on, you know, it remains a concept. And it remains, I don't know, I think that's where sometimes people are feeling disheartened or disconnected as we feel like we're, what we're doing isn't enough. When all we exactly. need to do is change exactly. little little choices, you know, little little tiny choices. Um, little choices in our own in our own environment, you know, the choice, yeah. our little choices that we make ourselves can have a radiating effect on our world, our our circle of influence, and yeah. it goes out and out. The more people that we reach and you know I'm very encouraged that it seems like 
you know, I read that uh, quote from Mahatma Gandhi. It seems mm. like there are so mm. many people who are growing in their respect for animals and mm. they really love their animals and are really taking care of them and are really getting educated about how to take good care of of their animals. And I, for me, that is so inspiring to see what people are doing now. And yes, there are still those who who have no respect for animals, but it's, I think it's a wave is changing. It's, um, it's like eating organic food, you know, today. Mm -hmm. There are more people who are eating organic food. I mean, going to our local stores here, I know you're, you're now in the UK, Sarah Jane, but Mm -hmm. just in the United States, you can see that that trend is trending. It really is. And people are really yeah. taking better care of their animals now. They're getting educated. And um, as we keep holding them in such a high space with, you know, reverence for the animal world, I think it's it's all changing. It takes time, though. And we have to change ourselves, not change ourselves, allow us to be yeah. who we really are. Yeah. And that's, yeah. 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 And and mm-hmm. uh, and again, you know, it comes back to the soul medicine that animals want us to really, really get that in our own spiritual awakening, in our evolutionary growth as, uh, you know, healing the collective trauma is one thing. You know, how we're treating the earth, how we're treating the animals, it always, they always come back from this beautiful expanded plane of, absolute allowance and patience that we don't even give to ourselves to say in order for you to take care of us to take care of the planet it starts with you and i always say this it's that hurt people hurt people and other animals you know that it's that it's the part that is so dissociated and so fragmented from childhood from adverse childhood experiences from um, survival patterns of adaptation that people take on. And you can look at this at, you know, the, the, the president that you just had, <laughs> the, 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 the people that run the world, they're hurt people, um, that never were seen or never felt love. And the animals just always come back to say, soften your eyes, you know, kind eyes, um, have a wide view where everything is equal, that you are no more important than the ant and the ant is no more important than you. And until we start taking care of ourselves and tending to our own internal gardens, doing our own internal shadow work, getting to the root cause of our um, separation or or our, our ideas and beliefs and attitudes about feeling separate or not enough, you know, when we can start learning the coping strategies to leave pain and go to a happy place, then our creativity can come up. And that's where, you know, that's where you see these incredible people coming up with innovations and inventions to clean the oceans and to, you know, reforest the trees and to create kind regard for anim- for the animal kingdom, where we see all species as part of us because we are part of the whole and I suppose this virus has been been another good reminder from nature that you know when you when you try and domesticate and control the wild there's going to be pushback 
you know, we, we are creating the, we are the virus on the planet. If you want to look at it from that, <laughs> that aspect of, that you know, is, what is the, is yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what is the antidote? What is the antidote that we're all looking for? Well, self-love, um, kindness. Self-love, you took, you read my mind. It was like, yeah. yes. You know, just, just, we have to learn to, to turn love inward to the animal parts of our bodies, the way that we're talking to ourselves, the way that, um, we've sort of got this prey aspect of the psyche that's solidified, um, in so many partnerships with, if you look at horses, our partnerships with dogs, our partnerships with cats that, that have, that have chosen to be domesticated in order to grow us as soul medicine. You know, they've chosen those roles um, for a purpose. And, and that is really so that we stop devouring ourselves, you know, eating ourselves from the inside up um, and, and, and learn to be holy in everything that we do. You know, bring the spiritual, as I said, into the ordinary as right. the everyday acts of holy, tiny little shifts that are, in the end, impact huge change. So we have to True. learn how to, you know, we've got to learn to stop fearing that we're not enough, that we're inadequate, um, and and start to actually tap into that place of our deep, you know, that our deepest fear is that we're powerful. And what would that power do? And I think that that's where we have to get really, really vulnerable and really honest in our in our truth telling of you know what what not where are we going, but what have we become? So a lot of my clients are asking, you know, what where do we go from here? And I think it's a big question uh, in the last year is where do we go now? Now that we know just how fragile our 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 body suits are. And, and how precious the the small life that we have is. How do we how do we give more? How do we um, make trouble? You know, be a be a professional troublemaker um, that we see in in place people like Greta Thunberg and all these amazing young kids that are saying, "You've made you know the, the we need to clean clean up what we're doing." Um, if we're going to turn this around, because it is too late for, for a lot of things. But the animals, again, are just saying, you know what? We know that there is no death. There is death of the physical body, but we live on in soul until we choose to incarnate again in, in new bodies. Um, so there's a, there's so much going on with them, with their medicine, um, that we just need to start listening, <laughs> listening to what they have to say. Yeah, listening to them. Now, yeah. you, I'd like your, to get your opinion or share your experience with our listeners. Mm-hmm. What animals think about life and death? Because I think their attitude toward it is very, very healthy from my experience. What has mm-hmm. been your experience in, in oh, gosh, all, with can, all the animals yeah. you've dealt with? I mean, we could talk about that for days, and I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful time to actually—it's a beautiful question. So, so thank you for asking that, and I'll try and keep it short because this has been a year where I think we've been part of our spiritual awakening for many, many people on the earth has been to realize that 
the one thing we fear the most is dying. And we haven't been taught how to die well. We because we don't we're not living well. A lot of people are protecting a life that they're not living. And again, it comes back to this medicine of animals that say there is no death. There is only a shifting from one energetic frequency to another. And and in that transmission, what are we doing and what are we influencing? They don't see death as an ending. They see it as as a, an expansion, an opportunity to go off and 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 transmute their energy frequencies that are unique to their soul into another area of service, just as we do. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting one, and I and I see this all the time with the people that that I often support when their animals are transitioning or they're not doing well. And I saw with my own cats, um, I had an amazing little boy, Satchmo. He was a beautiful little Burmese kitten. And I got him when I was, what I, when I thought I was living a really good life, I was happy. My business was thriving and things were, things were, seemed to be pretty good on the outside. But he came in and he showed me how to be still because I was busy all the time. And I called him Satchmo because he had the most beautiful singing voice. He used to speak and he used to talk and he he was amazing. And he used to go up the road to my neighbor and she said, she was a psychiatrist. And she said, your cat always visits me when I have the most troubled soul come and sit in my psychiatry office. He was just an, he was just born to, to, to serve and to heal. And I didn't know that as well as I do now. And he went through some of the best and the worst times of my life. Um, I, I uprooted him I, when I kind of lost everything in Cape Town and I moved cities and he had to sort of bed down in, in my sister's house for a while in Durban before I moved to Johannesburg. And he and his, his adopted sister, Red Red, they, they were just amazing. They were just my rock. They were my ground. They were my... They kept me going. They got me up in the morning in those states of very, very deep depression. And when I came to to Johannesburg and I got that, got him on the plane and he came and he just settled back into the family of cats that was there already and the dogs. He, it was like he'd always been part of that. And he became particularly attached to my husband. And... When I fell pregnant with my daughter and had her, he he left, and I was devastated. And I was like, we've been through so much together, <laughs> and and he he went missing, and I used to spend hours gestalt tracking him. I'd walk around calling him, and I'd find him, and I'd bring him home, and he'd go again. And this is where 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 I mean, we want what we want. And I didn't want him to leave, but he was basically saying to me, and it took me a long time, I actually hired another animal communicator because I didn't want to believe what he was saying, to tell me what my cat wanted from me. (laughs) And he was like, you're okay now. You don't need me. Our soul contract is complete. I need to go off and help somebody else. And he'd already chosen the family. They'd had two little kids. The one had had a heart issue, and he had decided that that's where he wanted to be. 
And he was like, our contract is done. I love you, but you have to let me go. And I didn't want to let him go. I didn't want to let him go. Oh, and yeah. and it took me a long time before before I actually was okay with him. But I miss him every single day. I miss him. I know he's in spirit now. And I know that he's with me. But they're like, I can be everywhere at once. I'm your soul, I'm your soul pet. I came in to help you. But I have other jobs to do on this planet, just as you do in your service. So getting back to death, for them, there is no death. There is just opportunity to help to heal and grow us and uh, mirror what we need to see that we can't always see. And they will do that in in physical body, in physical form, and they will do that from the other side. They'll do that from spirit. As you well know with Simber, you know, he's never left you. Um, if if anything, right. his messages have just got more potent, right, um, from the other oh, side. Because they, mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes they definitely. do the work. You know, sometimes they'll actually choose to do the work from spirit. Or they may, you may find in your own relationship with your animals that your um, connection grows even stronger when they're out of body because they're no longer in our physical field. The, the line of communication is often a lot more, a lot more clear because they're not having to bounce their energies off of, of where we are. And when we're dissociated and we're, we're displaced and, and all over the place, they can often communicate much clearer to us what medicine and what dose we need and exactly what time we need it to be um, from spirit. So a lot of animals don't don't want to come back into bodies because they feel like they can serve better from from spirit. True. I have found that. In a, well, mm. I haven't found that they don't want to come back. But, yes, mm. my communication... I remember Simba would look at me and I, I'd say, Simba, would you please show me? <laughs> he would just yeah. sit there and look at me. And I know he was saying, you can hear me. You can hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know how to be an animal yeah. communicator. <laughs> and it was so, it's like, oh, you little rascal. And then uh, I have found, yes, with Comet, too, I found that my, um, when he he passed, that his messages to me were so clear. I mean, it mm-hmm. was like, and, and with Simba, it's like a running conversation yeah. that, that yeah. we have, and it's it's pretty amazing, and especially it is amazing. the soul has a sense of humor. <laughs> mhm. And they it do, don't they? Really, <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> lots of fun. Yeah. It is. So, uh, yeah, Simba told me one day. He said, "You know, you always look in this one place." So he said, mm-hmm. "I can be other places. Like I can be on top of a desk." Or I can fly and put mm-hmm. office. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, lots of fun. Lots of mm. fun. So, oh, my gosh. So, Sarah Jane, I just, do you have anything in closing that you'd like to share with our wonderful listeners? Mm, I would just say, you know, just see this precious time that we have as as the greatest gift of connection to another another body that isn't human and uh, and just 
remind them how grateful you are for them. You know, I encourage every single person to just get out there, whether you have an animal in your life or not. Go to a shelter, volunteer to walk dogs or go and read to the cats or get involved. Just even if you see a bird outside, just say hi. Um, Every animal, and that's what I love about animal totem medicine too, is when an animal comes into your life, you know, we have big soul contracts with, with feminine and masculine anima and animals that stay with us throughout our journey. But we have animals that will come into our lives at specific times just because it's a message that we want. But it's kind of like any 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 spirit animal as well. It's just, they're kind of sitting there tapping their fingers. Like you said, they have a really good sense of humor and they're waiting, <laughs> waiting for us. They're mm-hmm. waiting for us to ask them. You know, you have to be willing to ask for support. So ask the, ask the divine, ask. Um, the morphic field of animals, whether that's lions or horses, or, or just ask it. You know, the universe surprised me today. Show me something beautiful and see what walks in, walks into your life. Um, you know, it's the synchronicity of this. You just can't make this stuff up, can you? Um, you know, whether no. it's a fox that runs across the pavement, or you know, a little a little bug that lands on your on your head, or everything and then get curious you know they want us to get curious they want us to to almost be that avatar of of wonder and curiosity that our child parts always knew to to start seeing the holy moments in the ordinary to to make everything a spiritual encounter with nature and that's the way we come back to our hearts, you know, is, is to, to just right. invite them in, invite them in, um, you know, take off your shoes, get out in nature. And if you can't get out in nature, bring nature into you, whether that's through whale song or a, a movie on television or bird song or just a plant in your garden and uh, on your windowsill and just speak, speak from your heart with that wonder to that plant and see what happens. Speak to the water that your that blesses your body with life and start to really just see, you know, what starts to shift and change in your life and lighten you up. Um as you, as they said, you know, it's the champagne is laughter to the body. It, you know, you have the giggle, be silly, um and and stop Stop trying to validate that you have to make things hard in order for you to, to to be worthy of this and just be willing to ask. And I think that if we can just get up there and and encourage ourselves, encourage one child in your life um, to see nature and tend to it and have mutual regard for it, the animals are celebrating. They're they're in, they're cheering us on and. And it's powerful, you know, when we start to, to just see the, the, how small incremental shifts can make a huge difference in, in the world. Um, so just start with that, you know, just start by having gra- gratitude for, for the small things that arise and the synchronicity that comes through in your life in a day to day basis and offer an offering up, you know, leave some for the angels. Sprinkle some tobacco in the garden or some coffee grounds to Pachamama and to Gaia and know that 
the power of your choices, the power of your imagination to see the world, to see species that are in trouble, um, to see that as, an, as your animal is whole and perfect and complete. When we don't come from a place of limiting what is possible, our animals' bodies know how to heal themselves. The earth knows, nature knows she will far outlive us all. That if we just start to expand our capacity and our, and our awareness to let nature do her thing and get out of the way, how much greater can we all give from a place of serving in that act of self-care and loving ourselves fully? So that we can go out there and love everything that happens as as part of the divine plan and our soul medicine. <laughs> that was a lot, I know. So great, wonderful. Okay, so <laughs> so I began. Also, I want to again remind people that um, Sarah Jane has extended a very generous offer to them for a personal session and that information can be found at talkanimal.net so thank you so very very much Sarah Jane for joining us today as usual you, I love you I love your brilliance about animals your experience with animals and to everyone else I have to say thank you for joining us and until next time radiate and be the magnificent thing you are and your no animals absolutely know that you are so until next time much love thank you for listening to the superpower network go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today